Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. We've got a little bit of a late recording tonight, but that means that we're going to have a couple extra lines to look at for this Wednesday NBA slate. But look, I think that one of the biggest things here and one of the coolest things going on right now is if you want to invest in sports, you can invest in your players in this way through the Mojo Sports stock market. And we've got a deposit bonus for you guys. It's a $25 deposit and you get $125 with my promo code Delera125. That's one, two, five, uh, uh, obviously Delera, D-E-L-L-E-R-A. 125 for $125 bonus on Mojo. You can use the link in my bio. That also helps me out for some of those metrics. Um, it's really awesome. I just bought some stocks. You can actually bet on players' liquid props. So they're props on an individual day. We tried to promote that Julius Randall one. That one turned out really great. We made like $200 on that one. And we are also looking at investing in players for the future. We just added 50 new players. One of the guys I just bought was Mr. Jay Williams on the Oklahoma City Thunder. We all got, we know, like if you're an NBA guy, you know that there are a million Jalen Williams on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's J A L E N Williams. I bought his stock at $128 a share. We're already up to $133 a share. So there's money to be made investing in these players in the long term. And this is one of my favorite new ways to do so. You don't necessarily have to deal with the individual variants of the day-to-day. So like I said, $25 deposit on Mojo and use my promo code DALERA125 for a $125 bonus. So when we look at this Wednesday NBA slate, uh, I want to break this down for you really, really quickly and talk about some of my favorite bets here. I think that my favorite spot on the entire slate is the Sacramento Kings. You can get them. It's basically a pick them with the Chicago Bulls. And look, the Bulls, they've definitely been better in the last two weeks. Over the last two weeks, Chicago is actually playing at a clip. They have the sixth best offense. They're three and three. Um, and they have the third, but they are down, they have the 13th best net rating. Oh, we just refreshed. Fifth best offense, but they have a bottom five defense. They, on the course of the season, they're actually 12th in net rating. However, even though the Kings are on the road, the Kings are actually one of the better road teams in the NBA, which is rare actually this season but also the kings their offense is so good over the past two weeks we've been talking i'm talking about chicago's offense being great the the kings has been actually even better they've been scoring 126.4 points per 100 possessions this is to me this line is this line flipped it opened at plus one we're starting to see it move to minus one for the kings you can still get them around minus 100 minus 105 I think that this is just a re- I think this is honestly just a very bad line I don't like the spot for Chicago especially with the way that their offenses are I really really love what Sacramento can do here and what they can bring to the table I think that Sabonis is going to have an excellent game Sabonis has continually crushed against Vucevic. 
And one of the spots that I actually like him for is last game he had against them in December. He had 11 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 dimes. Uh, in the game before then, 22 points. And actually, that was a that was a little bit of a low spot for him. But previous to that, he scored 22, 12, and 8, 24, 14, and 6, 14, 16, and 5. The rebounds are all there. Uh, and I think this is a great opportunity to back one of the best big men in the league. His points are at his points prop is set at 19 and a half. His rebounds prop is set at 12 and a half with some plus money. I think that the 12 and a half is something that's actionable. Um, however, given what he's been able to do to them, I don't hate, I don't hate a points and rebounds line. The reason I kind of want to lay off the assists is even though we had 10 out there last time, previous to that, he'd always been, he's kind of had slightly lower numbers. And Sabonis' assist line, it's at seven and a half. So I think that we're getting just a little high on that, especially given the fact that Sabonis has struggled. Not, I don't even want to use the word struggled with Sabonis just because he's been so successful generally. But he had a 15 assist game previous to this. Um and he had the 10 against Chicago, but he's had some other low spots with four or five. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. I do really like the PR spot. He's gone over that in six of his last 10. And even though he had the miss against Chicago, he had he still had 28. And when we look at his pedigree against them over the past couple of seasons, you know, the PRA line is giving you less hits than the PR. Uh, so I do like what he can bring to the table with his points and his rebounds, because I do think that his rebounds have such a high floor against Chicago, especially in this spot. So I really like Sabonis. I think that he can put up a lot of points in this particular matchup. And honestly, I don't even hate maybe a little double, double parlay with Sabonis and Vucevic um, over, over Vuce's career, essentially against Sabonis. He has in 13 games versus Sabonis, he's got 10 double doubles. So I do like the potential on both sides from a rebounding perspective. And I think that this game should be very high paced. So I like, I like what Sacramento can bring to the table. I like the fact that their offense has been incredible all season, but I do take note of the fact that Chicago's offense has been exceptionally better of late. And it's been interesting because it's come at the cost of their defense, which actually has the fifth best adjusted defensive rating in the league on the season. But when we look at Chicago over the past couple of weeks, they've really gotten shredded uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So it, it gives me a little bit of pause. And I think that that might mean that they're sacrificing some things defensively in order to improve their offense. And that's just not necessarily a good matchup for them then against the Sacramento team that has been so, so excellent over the over the course of the entire season on the offensive side of the ball. So I like the Kings. I take them on the money line. I take them down to like minus one and a half. Next game that's really a big headline is honestly the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. In this game, we have the Sixers as two as one and a half, two point road favorites. So it's a pretty tight game. I, I would imagine that Donovan Mitchell and Jarrett Allen, more so Mitchell, will play in this game. Mitchell was rested 
on uh, Tuesday night. And I think that what we need to do is consider the fact that that was not as important of a spot for the Cavs. Um, and while the Cavs won that game easily, easily against the Hornets, and this game, in terms of the standings, is basically a must-win for Cleveland if they want to get out of the four seed. Um, they are five games back of the Philadelphia 76ers in the loss column for the three seed. And they are two game, three games ahead in the loss column of the New York Knicks for the four seed. Granted, the difference between four and five is kind of negligible. The difference between three and four would be significant. However, honestly, if we're really thinking about this at this point in the season, I think this game still means more to Philly than it does to Cleveland. The odds that they're able to catch Philly in the loss column at this point, I think pretty slim to none, especially when you consider the fact that this is an important game for tiebreaker purposes. However, however, even if Cleveland is able to win this game, take the tiebreaker from the Sixers on the series season series, they'd still be four back in the loss column and they would still have to then tie Philly to close out the year in order for that loss to matter. Um, and Honestly, over the past two seasons, this has not been a great spot for Cleveland. Philly has won five of the six matchups over the past two seasons. Uh, they've won handily. They've won some close games. And the one loss that they had was without uh, without James Harden, was they did not play in the loss on November 30th of 2022, uh, where the Cavs won 113-85. to And... Honestly, in that matchup, when we really look at it, the Cavs shot 60.8% and 51% from three, whereas Philly shot just 23.1. That is not really a replicable game for the Cavaliers. Um, I, I really think that Philly is the better team here. I think this game means more to them as they can really feel like they're breathing down the Celtics next for the Atlantic division. And you can actually still get the Atlantic division at a halfway decent price. You know, I, I'm going to line shop it for you right now, but when we're all, when we're looking at even FanDuel, you can get them to win up oh, DraftKings doesn't have it, but let's see what FanDuel has got. Uh, you can get them to win the Atlantic division. They're still plus money. The books have tremendous, tremendous liability on the Boston Celtics from earlier in the season, as that was really a spot where people were like, oh, well, they they're good. Like they they totally make sense. Like they are going to continue to just roll. But now you can even get the Sixers. It looks like as high as plus 400 to win the to win the division. They're one game back in the loss column. This, this is absolutely not out of the realm of the possibilities for Philly to continue to turn it on and keep the pressure on, especially when you look at what Philly's done over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Philly is the number one team in point differential over the last two weeks, better than Cleveland. They're six and one, number one offense. Their offense is preposterous. They are scoring 131.9 points per 100 possessions. That's mind numbing. On the season, the Kings are the best. They're at 119.7. And even Philly, they're third. They're 118.0. This is 
literally like 14 points per 100 possessions better over the past two weeks. They are rolling through teams. And I know that the Cavs are the best team in the league in terms of adjusted net rating, slightly better than Philly. This is not really a good spot for them, especially if Josh Allen or yeah, if Jared Allen, sorry, Josh Allen, if Jared Allen, Allen does not play, Mobley has a 0% chance of stopping Joel Embiid. I'll just say it right now, just absolutely 0% chance. And in six games that Embiid has played versus the Cavs over the last two seasons, 31.5 points per game, 12.8 rebounds per game, 5.7 assists per game. The dude's been a monster, absolute monster. Um, and I think the assists part is interesting. And here's why. He's actually gone over his assist line. I'm going to say his assist line is going to come out at three and a half. Um, if it comes out at three and a half, he's exceeded that in five of those six games. And the reason that I like this is even with Mobley, it's three and a half. Yeah, it's three and a half right now. You can get that at FanDuel. You can bet that at DraftKings. I'm betting that immediately. And the reason that I'm doing that is even with Allen on the floor, they have to double Embiid. When they double him, he's going to dish. And he's found a tremendous amount of success doing so. And by when they double Embiid they're usually leaving somebody else open because you're, you're probably doubling him with Embiid or maybe with Allen and Mobley. Maybe you're throwing uh, like a Karis LeVert, maybe throwing a guard at him just because they're conveniently located there. And Embiid has been pretty good and he's improved, I would say, actually over the course of the season uh, at that style of play, at that style of pass. So the only game that he went under this was last April 13th, and he had 44 points, 17 rebounds. And that was a game where neither of Jared Allen or Evan Mobley played. So I think that's a contributing factor for why he only had the three dimes. Uh, it was just a clear smash spot for him in, in that matchup down on the interior to score. So I love him for the over three and a half assists. I think that that's just simply too low in this particular matchup. The last game that I'm really going to talk about is honestly this spot. Look, if Kyrie Irving doesn't play, I don't know what line they can put Jaden Hardy's points prop at that I'm not going to take it against the San Antonio Spurs. Like, I think it might quite literally have to be like 29 and a half for me to not take it. Um, I don't think that it's going to be high enough at 20. I don't think it's going to be high enough at 22. I don't even know if it's going to be high enough at 24 and a half. The guy is just on an absolute tear. And if there's no Luka, no Kyrie, he is that dude for the Dallas Mavericks right now. And the San Antonio Spurs are just not very good. Um, so I'm going to be looking out for that, see if I bet that. But finally, the last game that I think is really of interest to me is I'm going to be looking for uh, I keep lying. I keep seeing new things that I want to talk about, but I'm going to look at Jared Vanderbilt against the Houston Rockets for rebounds. 
Um, and I am also going to be looking at the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Clippers. Look, the, the Warriors stink on the road. Like they are quite literally the worst team on the road. They're nine and 24 against the spread and seven and 26 straight up on the road. Mind numbingly bad. Um, the thing is, I don't really think that the Clippers are very good. Um, the Clippers over the last two weeks, they're three and two minus 0.7 point differential on the full season minus 1.1. Uh, whereas Golden State plus 1.3 on the season plus 4.1 over the last two weeks. And they're, they're pretty healthy. Now this game actually does matter from a seeding perspective as well in the Western conference. Uh, the Warriors are clinging to the fifth seed, whereas the Clippers are in sixth. They're both tied record-wise. So this is, it's absolutely an important game. And another reason why it's important is for tiebreakers. And the reason that this is important this season is the way the Western Conference is kind of shaping up. This is very, very snug, right? So right now the Warriors are leading the season series two to one. If the Warriors take care of business here, they're going to win that tiebreaker. When we look at the Western Conference standings, it would not be shocking to see a tiebreaker actually matter and potentially bump a team from safe in the top six down into the play-in tournament. I think that this is going to be a game where both teams really treat it like a playoff game as it should be considered, especially in this spot, because a loss could potentially take you into the play-in regardless, just from the way this, how tight the standings are, because you're looking at the Warriors and the Clippers with 33 wins. The Wolves are in seventh with 34. Thunder, Mavericks, Lakers, all 35. That's seven, That's eight, nine, 10. And then the Jazz and Pelicans are at 36. So one loss here really does matter. And it will be particularly difficult for the Clippers to pass the Warriors if they lose this game and go down on the season series three to one from a tie-breaking perspective. So I really think that this is a game where both teams are going to go all out and really try to play their hearts out. And I think it's going to be an exciting game. I don't know if I'm going to have a bet on it right now, uh, but I might see something with a little bit more value once I decide and like once I see exactly where they're kind of landing with um, the points props, with the threes props, and what these lineups and rotations are going to look like. But one play that I'm definitely looking at is over the last 10 games that Steph Curry has played, and even over the course of the entire season, his rebounds prop is set at five and a half. Uh, he's got a six rebound game against the Clippers earlier this season, um, but it's one that I'm keeping an eye on because over the last 10, he's gone over that in eight of them. Uh, he's also hit his assist line in five of 10. So his rebounds and assist line, 11 and a half. He had a 15 spot against the Clippers earlier this season, but then he has never gone over the 11 and a half dating back to last season. So it's a spot that I'm looking at spot that I'm examining, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's exactly where I want to go with it. Um, I do think that there's a possibility that the Clippers wind up having to play smaller to deal with Draymond at the five. So I am 
interested in some Zubak unders between maybe him and even Mason Plumlee and like just see where they're at. But even though the Warriors have been giving up a lot of points to centers, Zubak is not exactly a traditional scoring big. So I'm going to see, I'll dive into that a little bit more tomorrow. I want to know that these lineups are set and we don't have any injuries or rest issues and that these teams are actually treating it in the way that I think they should. Um, finally, the last spot that I'd really look at is Russell Westbrook over two and a half turnovers, unless they're going to limit his minutes. And even when they have limited his minutes, he's been down at 23 the past couple of games. He's gone over two and a half turnovers in eight of his last 10 games, including six straight. Um, so those are definitely some spots that I'm looking at in that game. But I wanted to close this episode with just a little bit of a talk about how sometimes I look at lines, right? And I know, welcome to the fold for the, my Massachusetts betters. If you, you know, if you need a sports book, plenty of links out there, be sure to take advantage of all those promos and deposit bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the way I look at this is you can look at certain lines and there's, there's a big difference with paying juice, right? So a lot of times what we've been seeing now is we see books and people are like, oh, well, like they opened a sharp line. It's at like minus 140, right? And it's like, okay. Um, sometimes I don't like the minus 140 because of the probability that's associated with it. But I do think that sometimes it's still the right play. A lot of times though, I'd rather go up maybe a stat. Like if I can find uh, like Jaden Hardy last night or two nights ago was set at 18.5 points minus 140 when he opened, but then FanDuel opened him at 19 and a half at plus 102. In that specific instance, I would rather take the, the 19 and a half plus 102 um, because of where I have him projected, what I think of him in terms of his game plan, I don't think that he's going to be that close to that. I think that he's going to be blowing over that. So those are some spots where I'm like, look, unless I think that the margin is so thin that it matters and it's really affecting the hit rate, then I'd rather take the plus money because I don't have to be right as often. The implied odds are not the same. So that's really what it comes down to for me when I'm looking at some of these bets. And that's one of the advantages of having these legal sports books and being able to bet at them and have them take your action because you can oftentimes find discrepancies in the lines between books in terms of the, how they have the juice, then also in how they set the line and what they like to do with their liability. And with different alternate lines available, sometimes you can find better value from an EV perspective going up or down because it doesn't necessarily change the hit rate in the way that you're projecting the game to be. So I think that that's really important. I think that's really interesting. And it's definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if you see me and you're, you're like, well, why did you put your wagers like that? Like, why did you do more on the higher quote unquote risk or the higher line for an over? A lot of times it has to do with the fact that I'm like, well, if this guy plays the way that I think he will, he should hit that baseline and maybe I'll play that a little bit just to be safe. But I do think that my most likely outcome and the thing that's wrong in terms of the implied odds and the implied outcomes is the math associated with the other wager. So for me with Jaden Hardy, for example, I did not think it was likely for him to finish at 19. I think that the odds that he was going to finish at 19 in that game were next to none. Um, I would go over the 19 and a half because I think that you're getting 40 cents of value and you're changing the odds dramatically 
for what that would have been appropriate to have that at. So I think at like minus 140, you're at about 58% you need the hit rate to be. At plus 102, you need to be like 48%, 49%. So to me, I think that those are all things that you need to consider when you're betting in order to keep your bankroll you know, positive and going well and maximizing the value from your money and your investments realistically. Uh, two things for pods and recs. Wanted to shout out the guys at Big Nick's Energy and they sent me a Jalen Brunson shirt. It's awesome. I'm waiting to wear it for the first game that he comes back. And I'm, I'm pretty stoked. So I appreciate, I appreciate it guys. It was really awesome view. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a shout out really cool. Knicks content. If you guys are Knicks fans, um, big fan of them. And secondly, as you guys know, I am always recommending food things. So I've, I, I've never had one of these before, but my fiance was like, this is amazing. You got to have it. And it is a, like a ground meat, like it like breaks up the ground meat and you put it in the pan. It's like, I don't even know what you call it, but it's, it's incredible. I'd always been one that used like a spoon or like uh, like a big, like a serving spoon or like a spatula or something to break up the ground meat. It's been a life changer for me, a game changer, honestly. And I feel that I can get my protein, you know, like the ground turkey, the ground beef, ground chicken in a much more easy to consume fashion. It cooks better. It's like a better consistency. It's better for tacos, you know, those big chunks. It's really, it's really a nice tool and it's very effective. So I could not recommend it more. So with that, let's crush those books up. Get yourself one of those meat smashers and just absolutely smash these books and let's cash that. Myself once again, so I dream of a man whose hopes never end. To kiss with a girl who's as lovely as you, I'd give you my heart if you gave me the truth. And for every tear that is lost from an eye, dig me a well where no man could destroy. I want to believe in a freedom that's bold, but all I remember is the freedom of old.
The buildings they shake, but my heart did beat still. Oh, mother of Jesus, I feel pretty ill. I want to go home where my people feel safe. But there ain't no jobs in a free state, so I must remain in my Later.